ladies and gentlemen, brothers and sisters in Christ Jesus, our Lord. In preaching this series, In preaching this series, I am really updating and going way back and preaching a sermon that I preached many times while I was traveling around the world. preaching the gospel and preaching the word. It was about prayer. And so as I am preaching this series, this is part two, was there anybody praying in Uvalde? Okay, don't worry about that. Just worry about this right here. Was there anybody praying without ceasing in Uvalde or Highland Park, Chicago or Buffalo, New York or last night in Indianapolis? And so I'm updating that message that I preached so long ago in churches around the world. It had several titles. One was Prayer, the Main Ingredient. We're talking over 30 plus years ago, really. And uh, as I think about it, and another title I gave it was A Praying Time. As I have told you, Mrs. Ruby Gooding told me, sitting on the couch in her beautiful home, she said, Daniel, as she would call me, it is. Uh, this is a praying time. And so while updating that, since those days over 30 plus years ago when I used to preach this series, probably in many cases the first sermon I would preach as an evangelist in a week-long meeting. Now, believe it or not, I'm much more educated Believe it or not, I have better resources uh, to help me understand the passage better. And so we're going to spend a little time in this, I think, pivotal passage. Turn in your Bibles for Dr. Keith Throp, or Throop, 
uh, a scholar points out that we really, if you want to get the context of Luke chapter 18, he said it is important before we get into the parable of what some call the persistent widow to understand the context in which Jesus tells the parable, of course with a precept. The context is provided in chapter 17, not just 18, he says, in which we have the account of Jesus' response to a question from the Pharisees about the coming of the kingdom, followed by Jesus teaching the disciples about his second coming. He instructs them with a delay in his return and he tells them about its visible and sudden nature when it does occur, when it happens. So in order to get the context of the parable clear in our minds, it is important to begin reading the text at least as far back as chapter 17, verse 20. So that's what we're going to do uh, tonight, something I have never done before. But as someone said, when you know better, you do better. chapter 17 of Luke, verse 20. And when he was demanded of the Pharisees when the kingdom of God should come, he answered them and said, The kingdom of God cometh not with observation. Neither shall they say, Lo here or lo there. For behold, the kingdom of God is within you. That's mind-blowing, by the way. And he said unto the disciples, The days will come when ye shall desire to see one of the days of the Son of Man, and ye shall not see it. And they shall say to you, See here or see there, go not after them, nor follow them. For as the lightning that lighteneth out of the one part under heaven shineth unto the other part under heaven, so shall also the Son of Man be in his day. You say, preacher, why, why do you preach? every day and sometimes twice a day. Uh, Evidently, uh, folks, we're living in very perilous times. And uh, 
God has led me to preach every day for many years now. Because the situation is so bad. And we cannot possibly continue the way we have been going as the people of God. And even though I may not reach everybody, I will reach somebody. And, and it's not about what other people do or think. It's about what uh, I make sure I do for the kingdom, for the glory of God, for the lifting up of the Lord Jesus Christ. I will never know. God does not want me to know the impact that I'm truly having. But I do know because of God, God has used me to make an impact. And if God can use me by preaching the gospel every day, sometimes twice a day, uh, to inspire just one preacher to preach extra days in the week and to pray with his people and pray for others then it will be worth it all when we see Jesus come back as the lightning for as the lightning that lighteneth out of the one part under heaven shineth unto the other part under heaven so shall also the Son of Man be in his day. Another reason why is that the Word of God is so vast, so deep, and so rich. And the well of prayer is so deep that we will never reach bottom. And I cannot think of anything better to do than to give myself to prayer and to the ministry of the Word. Those who want to come and pray with me and those who want to come and listen to the word of God and be reminded of things like I was just reminding, reminded of that. Because God will remind you and God wants you to be reminded. And again, the situation is so bad. We need to be reminded of the word of God and we need to be praying as this passage will again show you always. 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 And as I told you the other night, in the Greek, always means always. That's how bad the situation is. That's why God and Jesus want you to pray without ceasing. God and Jesus want you to pray always at all times. And don't faint, which we're going to dig down in as we go through this series. Don't quit don't fall apart and, and, and leave God and leave Jesus because you don't uh, want to fight anymore. You don't want to pray anymore. Be like that widow and keep on praying and uh, reading the Word of God and obeying the Word of God until the end. Endure until the end. Don't quit. Don't faint. And if I have to come here every day and say things like that for to, to, to get a few to not quit and not faint and to pray more and to pray without ceasing and to continue instant in prayer, then by the grace of God, I'll do that. 
It doesn't matter to me how many come and who comes and who does not come. I got some pastor's wives mad at me right now. They, 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 don't, they don't come for a little while and then they come back. And they come back. And uh, uh, just as long as the pastors are not that mad at me, I'm, I'm good to go. And even if they get mad, it's fine with me. Some right now, some people right now tonight, some, oh, he, he's still preaching? I can't believe he's still preaching. I thought we destroyed him. No, no. Uh, in the words of that song that Sister Weston used to sing, I'm still here. I'm still here by the grace of God. And so uh, that's, that's why I preach. Isn't that what the songwriter said about why they sing? Well, this is why I preach. And then on, then also, there are people who need more of the word than maybe you do. Some people need the word every day. Just to hold on. Some need to hear somebody praying to inspire them to pray. For many people are lonely and all by themselves. Some people have allowed themselves and caused themselves to be lonely in their own marriage, in a marriage. I said, you allowed yourself to do that. Don't do that. But first must he suffer many things, Jesus Christ said, and be rejected of this generation. Jesus was rejected. Why not us? Stop trying to be accepted by everybody. I say this to Dr. T.D. Jakes. I say this to other preachers. Stop trying to be accepted. Everybody's not going to like you. No matter how much you bend over to get them to like you. Don't worry about that. And don't be too eager to grab hold of their uh, little trinkets and trophies that don't mean anything. You keep your eyes on the prize and hold on. You keep your eyes on God and Jesus. You keep your eyes on the one who brought you to the dance. Any favor, any... Uh, re, uh, anything that people like about your preaching, that's all God and Jesus. You know where it came from. And don't you ever forget it. Don't let people pump you up and make you think you're great and all of that. And their little trinkets and little trophies and little uh, rewards and awards and all of that. That doesn't mean anything. What matters is that you stand for God. And for Jesus, like you have in the past. <clears throat> and you get back to the closet, the prayer closet, because that's where you got your power from <clears throat> and, your, and your anointing from. You can't preach like you preach without prayer and unction and anointing. Okay? God has blessed you to find great favor in the sight of people. Use it for His glory. Pull back from the crowd. Get back with... Ma Bell and them get get back with 
Big Mama and them, who they still eat pig feet and chitlins and some collard greens. And we know it's not good for us, but it's good to us. And and love on them and stick with them because they got you through. They 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 were right there with you in the beginning. And they need you now. So don't get caught up in being popular. Dr. Oliver B. Green preached an article and preached preached it and wrote it. An article titled Unpopular Preacher. Some of you have read it. I know you have because it's on blackchristiannews.com and it goes up it goes up high for some reason during certain times. I don't know why. But first must he suffer many things and be rejected of this generation. And as it was in the days of Noah, so shall it be also in the days of the Son of Man. You say, Preacher, I thought you were preaching on Matthew 18. I am. But when you know better, you do better and you get the context. This is my first time reading the context. I thank God for Dr. Throop. I hope I'm saying his name right. I don't feel like it. I don't feel like I'm saying it right. So shall also the Son of Man be in his day. But first must he suffer many things and be rejected of this generation. And as it was in the days of Noah, so shall it be also in the days of the Son of Man. They did eat, they drank, they married wives, they were given in marriage until the day that Noah entered into the ark. And the flood came and destroyed, I read to you, and destroyed them all. Likewise also, as it was in the days of Lot, they did eat, they drank, they bought, they sold, they planted, they built it. And that's what people are doing today, in spite of the plagues, with the so-called gung-ho American spirit, can-do spirit. We're going to do it. In spite of what's going on, and I'm amazed at how many people are sick right now. This coronavirus is very sneaky. Young people are sick. Old people are sick. Let me tell my children, don't go out there and get sick with this. Uh, uh, I don't think any of you really have the stamina to handle this. Don't go out there and messing around and going places. Don't be following people to a hellacious experience. Because they'll jump on you and won't let go. And as one preacher said, when, when Mr. Coronavirus come and shut down all of this up in here right here, you're in trouble, Jack. All of this right up in here, yeah, yeah, you, you, you're in trouble. Okay, so don't be foolish. I know you're young and energetic and want to go out and be footloose and fancy free. You're going to be 
uh, foot loose and you won't be fancy and free in that hospital. Because yeah. they will put you down. So you do as you please. Likewise also as it was in the days of Lot, they did eat, they drank, they bought, they sold, they planted, they built it, they were going after it. And none of these things are really that bad, but the idea is that people were back and forth and to and fro, doing some of everything. And that's, that's how uh, you people are in America today. But the same day that Lot went out of Sodom and Gomorrah, out of Sodom, it rained fire and brimstone from heaven and destroyed them all. God called me as a, a prophet and, and, an and an evangelist. And that's what God has led me to do, to warn you about these things that are coming. And that we see happening today. This is just a precursor. And all I'm saying that, all I'm saying is, if God's people had held their ground in America, uh, things would have been better on our way out of here up until a certain point. But we have messed up so bad, we're getting chastised and rebuked ourselves. But the same day that Lot went out of Sodom and rained fire and brimstone from heaven and destroyed them all. Even thus shall it be in the day when the Son of Man is revealed. Is revealed. Mm. That day is coming. Are you ready? In that day he which shall be upon the housetop and his stuff in the house. Let him not come down to take it away. And he that is in the field, let him likewise not return back. Remember Lot's wife. Whosoever shall seek Whosoever shall seek to save his life shall lose it, and whosoever shall lose his life shall preserve it. I tell you, in that night there shall be two men in one bed. The one shall be taken and the other shall be left. Two women shall be grinding together. The one shall be taken and the other left. Two men shall be in the field, the one shall be taken and the other left. And they answered and said unto him, Where, Lord, where, Lord, where, Lord? And he said unto them, Wheresoever the body is, thither will the eagles be gathered together. Jesus Christ, in the words of my dad and mom, is something else. Nothing can compare to him.
Shall we pray? Holy Father God in heaven, hallowed be your name tonight. Hallowed be your name. Thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. And Holy Father God, I praise you and I thank you for your Holy Son, the Lord Jesus Christ, your Holy Spirit, and your Holy Word, and for your love, your grace, and your mercy towards such wretched people as we are. Thank you, Lord, for your Holy Word. Lord, grant me your energy, your strength, your unction, your anointing, and the power of your Holy Spirit to read your Holy Word, to pray, to teach your Holy Word, to preach your Holy Word. Grant me your fresh unction and anointing and the power of your Holy Spirit from on high. And Holy Father God, I do pray that you would have continued mercy and grace upon all of us who believe in you, Lord Jesus Christ. Please forgive us of our sins, our failures, and our faults. As we from our hearts, by your grace, forgive those who have sinned against us. Crucify, Lord, our wicked, evil, and ungodly f flesh, and the old man within us, and fill us all with the fullness, the power, the unction, and the anointing of your Holy Spirit. Deliver us, Lord, who are saved from temptation, evil, and sin, and grant us your grace and the power of your Holy Spirit to love right, to live right, to think right, and to do right tonight, and to keep our hearts and minds stayed on you. Keep us, Lord, therefore, in perfect peace, and help us to pray without ceasing. Help us to pray always. Help us to be con uh, help us to continue instant in prayer. Help us to watch and pray that we enter not into temptation. For the spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. And Holy Father God, I pray in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ uh, that you would help us to do those things, for thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever. And help us who are truly saved, Lord, to humble ourselves and to pray and to seek your face and to turn from our wicked ways, and to repent of our sins, and to get back to you, Lord Jesus Christ, our first love. And Lord, we pray that you would save those who are lost, religious and irreligious, in the church or out, and out of the church. Say, revive those who are saved, heal those who are sick, comfort those who are grieving and mourning. And Lord, I do pray tonight that you would save my wife, Marika White, and others in our family who are religious but lost, who are not saved. And Lord, I pray that you would not give their souls and their spirits and their minds and hearts rest until they come to know you as Savior. Shake their very bones if you have to, whatever you need to do. Open their blinded eyes and stop their deaf ears. And Lord, I pray that the satanic demonic spirit of Judas, Jezebel, Sanballat, and Tobias that 
uh, has been in their family for generations, that you would cast it out and drive it from them, this self-destructive spirit, for they don't realize that it is, the Judas spirit is a self-destructive spirit. Uh, and so, Lord, drive it out of their hearts and minds, souls, and spirits. Protect my children from it. And, Lord, save all of our family members who are religious and faithful to the church, but they're lost and on their way to hell. We pray the same for thousands and millions of church folks who think that being a church member will cause them to go to heaven when they die, when they're going straight to hell. And so, Lord, we pray that you would revive those who are saved, heal those who are sick, comfort those who are grieving and mourning around the world, across these United States, in our communities, in our families, and in our lives. And Holy Father God, I pray, Lord, tonight that you would uh, grant me fresh unction and anointing to preach your holy word and to encourage your people to pray. And we pray that, Lord, lost souls would come to know your Savior. And throughout this night, when this service is over, first of all, Lord, let me say this before I say that. Thank you so much for hearing my feeble prayers today, for I did not pray that much about this thing. I just assumed that it would be taken care of, but I thank, uh, thank you for leading me to pray about it. Uh, and I thank you for working a miracle and having it to be taken care of, Lord, on this day, as they were going to try to push it to the next day. Uh, tomorrow, but I, I thank you for touching their hearts to get it done today, and so far so good. And Holy Father God, I pray, Lord, tonight, help us to be reminded from your Holy Word, it is not by might nor by power, but by my Spirit, saith the Lord. For those who are in the congregation tonight around the world, who are born again and saved, help them to pray for me and with me. And Lord, uh, somebody has been praying for us, and somebody has been listening to our uh, requests uh, for a miracle, and because we have received more than a miracle over the past several weeks. And I give you the glory, the praise, and the honor. And uh, I do pray, Lord, tonight that you would... Uh, cast out the devil and the demons of hell and the satanic demonic spirit of Judas, Jezebel, Sanballat, and Tobias, not only during these services, but after these services and tomorrow morning. And Lord, we pray that you would uh, stabilize your people, people who are saved, and help them to be strong in the faith. And Lord, uh, help them to receive encouragement tonight to keep on praying and not to faint. And Lord, we pray tonight that you would lift all of our burdens for those of us who are saved, cares, worries, and anxieties, and fears, and worries, and problems. And even though, Lord, prayers have been answered, and you have worked miracles, and you have blessed us, Lord, help us to keep the pedal to the metal, as we used to say back in the 70s, 
Help us to be sober-minded, vigilant, and watchful. And, uh, Lord, we love to relax like anybody else and everybody else. And we're in a position to do so. And I thank you for that. However, we is, there's no time to uh, sit down. There's no time to relax. Uh, we must uh, press forward in this day and time. And so, Lord, I do pray for those who are saved. Uh, help us and deliver us from our distresses and afflictions, cares and worries, uh, tribulations, troubles, trials, temptations, tests, intentions, and prepare us, Lord, for, for what is around the corner. And Lord, uh, as we will see as we go on in this message and series, that there's opposition to prayer, evidently. And there's opposition to us getting the gospel out and joining you in your great soul-winning plan. Uh, there's opposition to the preaching of righteousness and holiness and godliness for Christian people, people who claim they are Christians. The devil doesn't like it, and there are some people who don't like it. And Lord, I pray that you will deliver us from our troubles and tensions and trials and temptations and tests and t tribulations. Uh, for those of us who are saved, deliver us also, Lord, from all spiritual and mental, physical and emotional, family, financial, student loan debt, student progress problems. Help children to move forward. Help young people to move forward with their education as they can do it at home now and it will provide them a base of knowledge and understanding and a jump on people who don't take the time to do that. Uh, and, and, makes, and it makes life easier. And, uh, uh, and, uh, and, and the main thing, it helps a person with you to um, get things done quicker and to get to a certain point faster. Uh, so Lord, on top of that, give these young people, including my children, wisdom, knowledge, understanding, and insight and discernment that they will not be tricked and fooled and bamboozled by devilish people. Open their eyes and help them to see uh, uh, so that they will be protected from evil and ungodly and wicked people. I pray in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, Lord, that you would protect millions tonight uh, as you have been doing in your chastisement, rebuke, and judgment. You have remembered mercy. Many people don't realize that, but you have and we pray, I pray, that you would continue to do so, protect millions from a housing crisis, a food crisis, a medical crisis, a utilities crisis. And uh, Holy Father God, help people who are living paycheck to paycheck to get out of situations that, they, that, that are just not sustainable and get into something that they can pay for and call their own, even if it's not their dream house or their dream home.
and uh, so that they can enjoy uh, their last days on this earth. And so, Holy Father God, I pray tonight that you would protect uh, all of our family, uh, Lord, all of my children, Danny, Daniel, Danita, Danae, Daniqua, Dan Ezekiel, and Danielle, Duran, Danielle, and Quasia, and our family, our family extended. Protect us all, Lord, from ourselves, our flesh and the devil, and from the demons of hell, and from evil people in the family, evil people in the church, and evil people in the world. Cover us and cleanse us through the blood of Christ. Place upon us the whole arm of God. Surround us with the band of your holy angels, and Lord, grant us a peaceful and blessed night of rest and sleep. And wake us up at the time appointed to do what you want us to do according to your will. At the same time, Lord, prepare us for good days and bad days. Prepare us for celebrations and tragedies. Prepare us, Lord, for weddings and funerals. And Lord, prepare us for life and death. In Jesus Christ's name I do pray. Please receive all glory, praise, and honor to your name from our feeble efforts, for we are not even worthy to give you the praise. And Lord, I pray that you would lift up by your power, your Holy Son, the Lord Jesus Christ, so others can see uh, him and get saved before it is eternally too late. In Jesus Christ's name we pray and for his sake. Amen. As we continue, we have read the context for the first time in my history of what I'm getting ready to read now. And he spake a parable, Jesus Christ, and he spake a parable unto them to this end that men ought always to pray and not to faint. Saying, There was in a city a judge which feared not God neither regarded man. And there was a widow in that city, and she came unto him, saying, Avenge me of mine adversary. And he would not for a while, but afterward he said within himself, Though I fear not God, nor regard man, yet because this widow troubleth me, I will avenge her, lest by her continual coming she weary me. And the Lord said, Hear what the unjust judge saith, and shall not God avenge, vindicate his own elect, which cry day and night unto him, though he bear long with them? I tell you that he will avenge them speedily. Nevertheless, when the Son of Man cometh, shall he find faith on the earth. Now, ladies and gentlemen, this is one of the most interesting, most profound parables in the Holy Scriptures. To me. It spoke to my heart as a young Christian and as a young preacher. 
to the point that I preached from this passage at least over a hundred times, if not two hundred, down through the years. And I'm here tonight to encourage you to pray like this widow, to be importunate in your prayers to God because really and truly Jesus is saying to us as we ramp up towards his second coming you're not going to make it if you don't pray always. This is what we ought to be doing and what we should have been doing. So was there anybody praying without ceasing in Uvalde? Highland Park, Chicago? Buffalo, New York? Indianapolis, Indiana last night? You say, well, not too many people got killed. One person killed at random in a mall or any kind of store or school or grocery store or whatever is one too many. That is demonic and insane and thank God a law-abiding citizen had a gun and took him out. But the problem is pastors are not praying as they should and they are playing and straying and so are the people in the church. It's not the police officer's fault. See, number one, the police officer's job is to keep order and to uh, protect, protect and serve. But his job, her job, is not to raise your children. Their job is not to be counselors. We want them to execute the law. We want them to help people to abide by the law. And I told you the psychology of most of these police officers today because pastors and churches were not clear on whose side they were on between the police officers and Black Lives Matters. Black Lives do matter. I am black. And my life matters. I also have good sense. And I am not going to get into it with the police officer. For they have a ministry to do and I have a ministry to do. And I can't do my ministry unless I am alive. Now, I've told you not to mess with plain clothes citizens on the highways. Somebody wants to get by, they look like they in a hurry. You can you you still see them at the light. Let them in and let them go. Don't get into it with people. 
and don't get into it with the police. But pastors and churches marched behind homosexual lesbian leaders, Black Lives Matters, and all they were doing is melding together uh, the civil, the, the the original civil rights movement with their push for homosexuality, lesbianism, and the destruction of the nuclear family. And condemning the authorities. Most of them are good people. Some are not. We know that because we got some in the church who are not. Some preachers who are not good preachers. Good people. Okay? And you can get mad at that all you want to. But I'm here to tell you. After calling them everything but a child of God. Wanting to defund them. Throwing bricks and stones and everything else at them, lying on them, not standing behind them, churches, pastors and churches, and city officials. Now, uh, up in Seattle, they're, they're giving college education, houses, cars, everything to give more police officers. Oh, but what happened to the social workers that you wanted to hire up in Chicago? What happened to them? I listen to me. If somebody's on my doorstep or on my porch jiggling and messing with my door, I don't want a social worker to come here. I want somebody bearing arms who will take them out if necessary. Well, what happened? Psychologically, and none of these police officers will say this. They're too courageous to say this, and I believe they're still courageous. But I'm here to tell you what's happening in their psychology. They will never admit it. Some will even tell me I'm wrong. But I know I'm right. And they know I'm right. After being mistreated like that and called everything but a child of God and talking about you want to take my salary away and reduce my salary... And I'm up here trying to save your life. Psychologically, these police officers have individually and some in groups have said that I'm going home to my wife and I'm going home to my children. My children will not be fatherless even if your loved one does not go home to you. Now, you can like that or whatever, but that's the psychology, my friends. That's what's, psychologically, that's what's happening. You can sit back and blame the police officers all you want to and call them cowards all you want to. I know that they're not. But they have been beat down so much by society. They want to stay around and enjoy their family, and they're not, listen to me, you, you, can, you, you can say what you want, do what you want, and I want to say to you parents, as I've told you before, to me, it would be absolutely foolish for you to be thinking about putting your children in school. It is time for a paradigm shift in your life, my friend. Bring your children home.
I know you want the old American way where you get a nine-month vacation from your blessed children. You get an eight to nine or ten-hour vacation from them during the day every day so that you can do whatever you want to do. Work, have sex, whore around, whoremonger around, get high, get drunk, like you in high school. And you dump, and, and these teachers have a similar mentality. You must understand they have been paid off by the homosexual community and the lesbian community. They're getting, they're getting some extra money from them. Just like the golfers are leaving the PGA for Saudi Arabia. Teachers are leaving the traditional school thing. They, they're, they're taking a little $35,000, $40,000 from the school system. Now it's higher, thank God, for them for, for them getting paid more. But they got, a, they got some other sources of income now that come from the homosexual, lesbian, uh, uh, drag queen community. And they're paying a whole lot more to do their bidding. To me, it is absolutely foolish for you to be thinking about putting your children back into the hellhole school that you know is a hellhole situation. You're going to have to put your big, draw, big boy drawers on and your big girl panties on and you're going to have to bring your children home and you're going to have to take care of your own children and get a gun, Annie and Daddy, and protect your children at the house. And I say that for church folks too. Stay home. The home is the new center of power. And it will be so if you keep on making it so. By quitting these jobs and all of that, you stay home. They're, they're high at home. Don't let them fool you. Now, that's my advice to you because I'm here to tell you, Mr. Police Officer, he's a good man. He's called to do what he's doing, but he does not deserve this mistreatment and this disrespect. And he's not going to take it anymore. He's going to do the job because that's his calling. He wanted to be a police officer since he's been five years old. God put that in him. But he has a wife and children that worry about him. And he's not, listen to me very carefully. I know you don't like it. He's not going to lose his life over somebody else at this point in time in America. I don't know if they made a pact or not. I doubt it. But individually, they made up their mind. They're not dying for other people or other people's children when they have a wife and children they want to go back home to. That's why you saw them hanging around, 400 police officers hanging around in the hallway. That's why. And, and, and that so-called sheriff guy, and the uh, lead police guy, or whatever his, whatever his role is, or Aldo, or whatever his name is, He, had made, he made up his mind this situation is bad in that classroom and there's no need for y'all to be losing your life. That's, that's what he said in his mind. And I know I don't want to lose mine. I don't want to lose mine. Uh, 
his mentality was we didn't create this. There's no need. Uh, we don't know what's going on in there. We uh, 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 totally, and uh, we don't need to lose. You don't need to lose your life. That's that. That was his mentality. And I'm not. I, I don't need to lose mine. It's a terrible situation. But uh, and and me and people, doctors are becoming more like that. Teachers, police officers. You say, well, it doesn't ought not to be. It should not be. I'm. T- I know that. And I and you say, well, I, I think the all ought to be fired. I don't. You're not going to have any police. These people are called to do this. These men, believe me, they are brave and courageous. And there was a time in our history. They would have stormed that room and killed him and killed the devil too. But that day is gone. Because of pastors playing and straying instead of praying. All of that could have been prevented. I said it. Look at me real good and see if I'm playing with you. All of that could have been prevented. Included, including not only Uvalde, but Buffalo. Highland Park, Chicago, Indianapolis, last night a town I preached in years ago. I didn't really like that town, but uh, I remember going there to preach and for fellowships and evangelistic conferences and so forth. All of this could have been prevented. You, you say, well, how could that be? How could all of these things be prevented? Well, you have tried everything else. It's not stopping, stopping it. Huh? Pastors need to lead their churches in prayer. They need to make sure that they're... And listen to me now. I'm not talking about... And I, God bless them. I love them all. I'm not mad at nobody. I'm not talking about some nuns and some priests... Doing the rosary beads and all of that, uh, uh, vain repetitions. I'm talking about Bible-believing, born-again Christians, pastors praying for their cities. If you can find 24 Bible-believing pastors who don't have ego, and everybody takes an hour. Some some people get up three o'clock in the morning. Some at four. Some at five. Every hour can be covered. Some don't go to bed till one, two, and three. I have some children who are night owls. My my wife would be a night owl if I was not an early bird. Uh, they don't go to bed till one, two, or three o'clock in the morning. I, I've already said good night. I love you at eleven o'clock, and then I get a good night. I love you around one o'clock, one thirty, two o'clock in the morning. Okay, but so we got people who stay up to one, two, and three. They need to be praying every hour. Then we got folks who get up at three, four, four, five, and six, and seven. They and then you got it covered right there. You get those hours covered. You got it going on. Cause seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, uh, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. At night, ten o'clock, eleven o'clock. 
you, 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 that's, that's a piece of cake. So every pastor, if you want to do something, oh, yeah, I know you want, you want to march. I know that. You want to march. You want to get out there and show what you're doing. You want to go out there and kneel out there. We don't need for you to kneel out there. We don't need for you to march out there at this point. No more marching. Stay home and pray. Stay in your office and pray. Pray with your people. I'm telling every pastor, uh, as I've been telling every pastor for years, you ought to have a devotional service. Yours will be different than mine because I'm not a pastor. I'm, and I shouldn't even have to do it, but you're not doing it. See, pastors everywhere ought to have a devotional service every day where they read a portion of the scriptures, a devotional book, and uh, deal with the family and go on and, 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 and lead somebody to Christ. And yours can be much shorter than mine. So start a prayer chain in your church. Pray without ceasing yourself, Pastor. And then start a prayer chain with 24 other like-minded pastors throughout the city. Preferably male pastors, men. And the women, if they want to start a chain, they can start their own chain. But I want the men to start this and to lead this. Men. Prayer is not a woman's thing like you've been taught and told. And that you want it to hear. That's what you like it like that. You want that yourself. You want to you dump that hard job on the women. Dr. Warren Worsby. Who is now home with the Lord. He being dead yet speaketh. Has written that the ability to calm your soul. Wait before God is one of the most, and wait before God is one of the most difficult things in the Christian life. You know why? Because we always want to do something public. We always want to do something. We can't sit still and pray and read the Bible like God wants us to. Dr. Worsby goes on to say, Our old nature is restless. The old nature is restless, is, is there not? Listen to me. You have some family members. They're just restless. They're always looking like they're uh, space cadets. They're always looking around for something. They're always looking for something in the future. And they're constantly frustrated. Are they not? Because they can't be content. They can't enjoy the moment. They can't be content like God wants us all to be. And they somehow think money will make them happy. Money can't make you happy, man. I don't want you all to end up like my mother and my sisters. Where, uh, they, they, they'll, get, they'll get a little happy about a shopping trip, but they're not happy. And fuss all the way there and fuss all the way back. They're not happy at, uh, when they get home. They're, they're not happy when they leave the house. The only time they're happy when they're out there running up credit cards and money. 
spending money. And there are many people like that in the church. That's where that, that, that's what, what was behind the prosperity. That's what fueled the prosperity gospel going way back. Restless women loved it. And so they supported it and fueled it. And, and, and wicked, evil men led it. And had the women given them thousands of dollars to carry on that foolishness of temporary happiness because you bought a new pair of boots. And how long does that last? Hmm? Are you truly happy right now? Genuinely happy? And, and Are you happy when you don't have any money? You don't have much. Money cannot buy you happiness. Money can't buy you anything worthwhile. Oh, money can buy you a good meal. What's that? It's gone. You eat it. You enjoy it. It's gone. Goes out into the drought. Eating and drinking, as we saw in the passage tonight. That's the context of this. And Dr. Worsby goes on to say the world around us is frantically in a hurry to go nowhere. Fast. And many people in the church are that way. Many pastors are that way. They got the people doing everything under the sun, risking their lives. Some have died. Some are in the grave. Young people, middle-aged people, and old people because pastors are frantically in a hurry to try to build their little kingdom on earth. Got folks meeting Monday night, Tuesday night, Wednesday night, Thursday night. People got jobs. People have families. And you run the people into the ground and, and you want to keep that machine going because that machine you created will keep the money coming in, you think, even in the midst of a plague. And I'm to, listen to me very carefully. I don't care what your pastor tells you. I can care less. I have shown deference in the past. I am not doing that anymore. Stay home and worship God. The home is the new nerve center of everything. Get your family together. And whatever kind of family you have, you make sure everybody prays in the morning. You have a devotional service with them. If the pastor's having one, join him. But it's not to sit there and giggle and talk about what happened yesterday and what happened in sports and all of that. Have a real devotional service. And make sure everybody, make sure you pray. And pray without ceasing for the rest of the day. And matter of fact, let me say this to you. If you don't pray in the morning, you're probably not going to pray without ceasing throughout the day. And by the way, to everybody, including my children, that I love so very much. Morning time is like, you know, 5 to till about 11. Past 11, you, you, you miss morning. And if you don't do something with the Lord and pray with the Lord and read the Bible with the Lord early in the morning, your day is going to uh, be hectic. 
Everybody's in a hurry. Everybody's in a rush. You're going to die in a hurry. You're going to rush yourself to death. But a restless heart, Dr. Worsby goes on to say, usually leads to a reckless life. And Dr. Worsby is right about that, isn't he? We are all pretty bad at waiting on the Lord, aren't we? You read the passage with me the night, people running to and fro. The things that we're doing are not necessarily evil. The evil is that we're all caught up in it, like the world. No rest, no peace. Is ripping and running and going and running and here and there, risking our lives and wrecking our lives. No margin. I told you I have margin in every day of my life. I don't have to wait for the weekend. I don't have to uh, uh, go on a vacation. For what? I'll take, I'll take a little two-hour, three-hour vacation every day to do the things I like to do. And that's what you need to do. But you're going to have to get up early and pray and read the Bible and pray throughout the day and work for the Lord, serve the Lord, and then enjoy yourself in the evening, in the afternoon, early afternoon, or late afternoon, and evening and night time. But make sure you do what God wants you to do first. You do some things for God first. You pray to God first. You read the Bible first. And then God will bless the rest of your day. Do something for the Lord. When you go shopping at Walmart or Kmart or uh, uh, Target, make sure you have a gospel track. You don't have to pass out three or seven or twelve like we do. Just hit one car and go on. You don't need to be stopping people, bothering people, and get the coronavirus or monkeypox. This is the best way to witness to people today. And you put that track face down. Otherwise they think it's going to be something else. Face down on the, on the window. Uh, the front window. Behind the wiper. So they can see what it is. Because most times they're not even going to pay it any attention until they get in the car. Dr. Throop goes on to say, yet the Bible is filled with instruction about waiting on the Lord, and it is one of the most important lessons any believer can and must learn. For example, the prophet Isaiah emphasized the importance of waiting on the Lord and he told us of the Lord's promise to those who wait upon him. Isaiah chapter 40 verses 28 through 31. Have you not known? Have you not heard? The everlasting God, the Lord, the creator of the ends of the earth, neither faints nor is weary. His understanding is unsearchable. 
He gives power to the weak and to those who have no might. He increases strength. Even the youths shall faint and be weary, and the young men shall utterly fall. But whoso, rather, but those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. The Apostle James also encourages us to wait patiently for the return of the Lord Jesus Christ. He says very clearly in James 5, 7, and 8, Therefore be patient, brethren, until the coming of the Lord. See how the farmer waits for the precious fruit of the earth, waiting patiently for it until it receives the early and latter rain. You also be patient. Establish your hearts, for the coming of the Lord is at hand. Thus, dear friends, waiting for our Lord's return requires patience. But it also requires this right here. Persistence in prayer. Importunity in prayer. And this is the reason for the parable we are dealing with tonight to which we shall now turn our attention. Uh, we will examine the parable under three primary headings. Number one, the aim of the parable. Number two, the assertion of the parable. And number three, the application of the parable. And let me say this before I leave you tonight. My beloved, Jesus Christ gave a parable to this end, to this aim, to this purpose. That men, that includes all human beings of the household of faith especially, men ought to pray because we are weak and feeble beings and we need to acknowledge God in all of our ways and we need God's help. Men, women, teenagers, young adults, I don't care who you are. Yes, you mighty and powerful young adults, you too. You need to pray. Men ought always to pray. The word ought allows for the free action of your will. There are things that God will not make you do. There are things in raising my children that God led me not to make them do it. Uh, they needed to do it because they loved the Lord and they wanted to do it. And, and there are things that God will not make you do. He respects the fact that you are a created free moral agent by Him. And He's not going to make you get saved. 
And he's not going to make you pray to him. Oh, he will allow some conditions uh, to happen to cause you to pray in a hurry. But he's not going to make you pray. The word ought allows for the free action of your will. You don't have to pray, but you ought to pray. You may not want to pray, but it behooves you to pray. See, that's where we are. If you want God's blessings, God's power, God's encouragement, God's anointing, you, it, it would behoove you to go ahead on and pray, and pray always, and not faint, not quit, not give in, and not give up. Men ought always to pray, and always means always, and that's all always means. At every given opportunity, you ought to pray. Men ought always to pray and not to faint. Don't quit. Don't stop. No matter how dry your prayers may seem, and you will have many dry moments, because God wants you to walk by faith and not by sight. Men ought always to pray and not to faint. Don't quit. Don't stop. Don't give up hope. Keep hope alive, real hope alive. And always remember, according to the context, the context, this is looking forward towards the second coming of Christ and, and what God is pointing out to us that there's going to be opposition, it's going to be hard to pray, uh, it's going to be difficult to pray. You see, this is why pastors don't want to pray. This is why pastors' wives don't want to pray. This is why... Uh, people in the church don't want to pray because prayer is hard. And on our way to the second coming of Christ, this is the main thing that God wants you to do. Pray to Him. Because if you pray aright, you're going to witness aright. If you pray aright, right, you're going to want to be obedient to Him. Prayer is the beginning point. Prayer uh, causes you to fellowship with God and God loves it. So let's pray. Holy Father God, we pray tonight in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. We praise you and we thank you for the privilege of prayer, the power of prayer, and the peace that comes through prayer. And uh, Lord, as we journey towards your holy appearance, your revealing, as we read in the passage tonight. Lord, give us a heart and mind, or each and every one of us, to pray without ceasing, to pray always, and to continue instant in prayer, and to watch and pray, that we enter not into temptation, for the Spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak, and we pray this prayer for those who are already saved and born again. And now, Lord, we pray for the salvation of the religious, but lost, and the irreligious. Have your Holy Ghost to work mightily in each heart of each person, as only you can. In Jesus Christ's name I pray and for his sake. Amen. Now, dear friend of mine, if you're with us tonight, and you are not sure that when you die, 
you would go to heaven and uh, you're not sure that you won't go to hell. In other words, if you were to die tonight, which is possible, people were walking in the mall in Indianapolis last night minding their business. Have you ever been in a mall? Have you ever thought about one time somebody coming out of uh, one of those little crevices and start shooting at you? I never have. I've been in many malls. My favorite mall, the most sunshiny mall I've ever been in, is in Atlanta, outside of Atlanta. Many wonderful experiences and fun times many, many years ago. I never thought in my life. All, all of the malls I've been in, the mall I used to go to when I first got saved, and I found out about the GNC Health Food Store. I never thought in all of my years that somebody would come out of one of those crevices in the mall, one of those little exit entryways and shoot me. Never. And most people don't even think like that. But it happens every day in America. And so you could die before 12 o'clock tonight. And so, dear friend, if you're not sure that if you were to die tonight, you would go to heaven, make sure tonight. Jesus Christ said, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. God so loves you that he gave up his only son, his only begotten son, Jesus Christ, to pay your ugly sin debt. That's how much God loved you. That's how much God loves you. For God so loved the world. Are you in the world? And God loves you. Red, yellow, black, or white. We're all precious in God's sight. Even though we are sinners. While we were yet sinners. Christ died for us. Jesus Christ didn't wait for us to clean our lives up. Because he knows that we can't. So if you're thinking that, yeah, I'll come back to you later preaching. I'll get saved after I clean my life up. That's the devil talking to you. That's the devil trying to damn your soul to hell. You can't clean your life up. The idea is to come to Jesus Christ and let him save you and clean your life up over time. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, Jesus Christ, that whosoever believeth in him, Jesus Christ chose. He never committed a sin in word, thought, or deed like you and me. We're sinners. We have lied. We have stolen. We've had ugly attitudes. 
We have lusted after people and things, coveted after people and things and what other people have. We have dishonored and disobeyed our parents and disrespected our parents. We have uh, uh, dishonored God by taking God's name in vain or entertained people who did. And many other sins, haven't we? For the Bible says we all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. The Bible also says that the wages of sin, our sin that I just named, the wages of sin is death. In other words, and by the way, only God can put words together like that. In other words, part of the payment for our sin is death. By the way, we're all on death row. We just don't know when we're going to die, which makes death even more horrifying. Horrifying. Those little children who were in that classroom in Uvalde, they never thought in a billion years that they went to school on that beautiful sunshiny day in Texas. that they would have their brains blown out of their heads by a demoniac. And nobody, nobody, no human being helped them. And I would venture to say that nobody prayed without ceasing in that town or in that county no pastor, no preacher. In fact, we have not heard much from preachers and pastors. For we, the preachers, uh, the pastors and the churches, have failed Uvalde, have failed uh, Highland Park, Chicago, have failed Buffalo, have failed in Indianapolis. But just because pastors have failed does not mean Jesus failed. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. You can die suddenly too is the point. So believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. Believe in your heart that he suffered, he bled, and he died on the cross for your sins, was buried and rose from the dead. And by the way, don't worry about those little children. They looked like angels when they were here. I assure you, they're in heaven with God right now. And we're the ones hurting as we should and grieving. The children are playing in the most beautiful place in the universe. And God wants you, believe it or not, no matter how mean you are, no matter how wicked and sinful and nasty you are, God loves you. His love amazes me. He loves all of us nasty, wicked, evil, ungodly, unrighteous, stinking people. Are you including me in that much? Yes, you too. But I'm pretty, it doesn't matter. But I think I'm handsome. 
does not matter. I think I'm cute and sweet and dandy. No, it doesn't matter. We're all wicked, evil, ungodly sinners on our way to a devil's hell. For Jesus Christ preached more on hell than anybody in the Old Testament or in the New Testament. And he repeated in his sermons that hell is a place where the fire is not quenched. Where the fire is not quenched. Where the fire is not quenched. Okay? So, go ahead on and get your heart right with the Lord. Believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. It is a free gift. You can't work for this salvation. You cannot give enough money because you don't, you don't have enough money to pay for this salvation. Your eternal life insurance policy is paid in full. All you have to do is believe in the Lord Jesus Christ as he said. Pray and ask him to come into your heart. Call on his name and he will save you. So follow me right now in the sinner's prayer. If you couldn't answer that question earlier, if I were to die today, where would I go? Heaven or hell? Go ahead on and pray that prayer with me right now. God's not going to make you get saved and I can't. Pray the sinner's prayer with me. Repeat it after me phrase by phrase and mean it from your heart. Holy Father God, I admit that I am a sinner and I have done evil in your sight many times. For Jesus Christ's sake, please have mercy and grace upon my soul. And please forgive me of all of my sins. As I now believe with all of my heart in your Holy Son, the Lord Jesus Christ, who suffered, bled, and died on the cross for my sins, was buried and rose on the third day by your power. Lord Jesus Christ, I believe in you, and I believe in your gospel. Lord Jesus Christ, please come into my heart and into my spirit and save my soul tonight. Fill me with your Holy Spirit and help me to repent of all of my sins and help me to change and help me to turn from my evil ways and to follow you in the new life, Lord Jesus Christ. For it is in your holy name I do pray. Amen. Now, dear friend of mine, if you prayed that prayer with me and you believed in your heart in the Lord Jesus Christ, wherever you are in the world, may I say congratulations for doing the most important thing in life. And that is believing in the Lord Jesus Christ and calling on his name for salvation. Now, to help you grow in the faith, please go to gospellightsociety.com and read my book titled, What to Do After You Enter Through the Door, free of charge. It's a free download. 
start reading immediately at the end of the service and God will help you to grow into a strong Christian disciple also uh, let us know that you got saved email us at dw3 at gospellightsociety.com and let us know that you got saved so that we can rejoice with you and so that we can send you some free materials to help you grow in the faith if you have a prayer request saved or lost we will pray for you until you tell us to stop we pray for thousands of other folks we can pray for you as well and would be glad to do so and count it in honor to do so and so ladies and gentlemen until next time may god bless you and keep you is my prayer shall we pray holy father god we praise you and we thank you for what you have done for what you are doing and uh, lord i pray tonight for those of your people who are already saved that they will pray without ceasing pray always without fainting and lord uh, we pray for those who are not saved in the church and out of the church help them to believe in you before it is eternally too late for all of the people who have been killed in these shootings that we've had in this country Lord, they can num they can never come back here. They're either in heaven or hell. And so, Lord, help us to understand that once we die here, we're done. And you said in your word, it is appointed unto men once to die, but after this, the judgment. Help everybody to understand that this is a very serious matter and a fearful matter. In Jesus Christ's name we pray and for his sake. Amen. God bless you, dear friends. Until next time. Where the fire is not quenched. Where the fire is not quenched. All you gotta do is cut the sound off on the video. Not, not the video. Don't cut the video. Leave the video on. God bless you, my friends. Until next time. Lord willing, we'll be here early tomorrow morning. If the Lord should tarry is coming and we live, make sure you pray before you go to bed tonight. Or, as your parents and grandparents used to say, the boogeyman is going to get you. Don't let the boogeyman get you. Uh, the boogeyman will mess with your sleep if you don't pray like you're supposed to. And don't let the devil get you now. And uh, Lord willing, we'll see you early tomorrow morning. God bless you, my dear friends. Until next time.